Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston shares a devotional that will speak to you no matter what your current relationship is with your teen. Let's hear what Mark has to say. I grew up in a generation that was bent on uh, finding peace. Did you? The peace emblem was on every black light poster and tie-dye shirt that I had. It was give peace a chance uh, generation and uh, filled with peace movements and rallies and peace was promoted in relationships. We flashed our V signs with our fingers and we yelled from the rooftops in our pursuit of uh, world harmony. I watched a television commercial the other day that said said this, that we put the meaning in meaningful relationships. And we did. While we pieced together everything, we threw out something that was pretty important. That's the concept of allowing relationships uh, to survive conflict. We were so set on finding oneness that we ran from anything that hinted of conflict and struggle and hardship. And in doing so, my generation ran from marriages, denied anything negative happening to our children, and created a generation gap of a different sort um, than we experienced as adolescents. And the absence of struggle, I mean, continues today um, as parents want their children to have it easier and better than they had it. But easier keeps relationships from moving into the depth um, that we really long for. And this relationship pendulum has moved far to one side, pointing to peace at all cost. Are you following me? Peace at all costs. Like we just no conflict, just peace. And as a result, divorce rates are higher than they ever have been the last 25 years. And sadly, many of the family struggles today are the result of my generation's well-intentioned pursuit to put the meaning into meaningful relationships. Because our parents were often hardworking but distant. Uh, We tried so hard to connect that we unintentionally caused heartache and hurt as people uh, disappeared during difficult times. So it's no wonder that children fear abandonment if there's a conflict. That is why, that's what we see growing up today. And and when the going gets tough, the peace lovers get going, ill-equipped to push through any conflict to achieve resolution. Is there hope? Well, yeah, there is. You know, hope for... For a kind of true peace that allows the conflict and struggle in our lives to lead us to stronger and deeper relationships than those that we love. I've heard this said before that the world's view of peace is the absence of conflict, but God's definition of peace is hope amidst the conflict. You know, on the other side of this current crisis or impending hardship that you're having or may be having with your teen, or you might have with your teen, I want you to know this, you're going to be fine. You may even be better if you deal with the issues head on rather than ignoring them or walking away. And that's still the tendency. Most people have this this idea that I, I don't have any problems with my kid, not realizing or not wanting to face that 
their family may be falling apart and not even know it. You know, I recently met a, met a family who lost their son the night before. And I told them how sorry I was that they had to go through something like this. And I shared my shock and my grief and my hurt and all the time assuring them that God would get them through this difficult time. And the boy's dad looked at me and, and he said this. He said, I don't think I can do this. And tears streamed down his face. And I could barely get the, the, the words out past the flood of emotion I felt as I cried with him. And I said, Ben, if I had told you yesterday that your son was going to die tonight, and he interrupted me with the words, I think I would have told you I couldn't handle it. And he paused just not long enough for me to continue. I said, that's the point. You didn't think you could, but you did. And you are. And you will make it to the other side of this tragedy. God will walk you through it and be with your family the whole way, I promise. You know, I've led young life groups in which kids have died, and I've sat with lost and grieving families experiencing excruciating pain. Um, I have held the hands of uh, kids that have been killed in accidents to keep them warm so that when the parents get there to say their goodbyes, that they're holding a warm hand. Um, it tears me up every time I even think about it. And even now, you know, I think about all the losses that all these families have experienced. And uh, I've buried kids that I've loved and uh, kids that I've spent a lot of time with and all have been victims of either malice or accidents or cancer or, or suicide. And, I, and I've sat for hours with parents who felt as if they could not go on and couldn't even breathe but they did. The thousands of kids that we've lived with through the years um, have struggled immensely. And my wife and I have shared uh, this with plenty of parents and um, how we've cried together, how we've struggled through as we've watched difficulty happen. And at these uh, specific times, it's, it's funny that these moms and dads couldn't see any light at the end of their family's dark uh, tunnels, but they made it through. And now you're hearing from some guy that's been doing this for 45 years of sitting with families that have struggled through issues. And perhaps you're one of those families right now that, that you're saying, I don't think we're going to make it and we're not going to get to the other side. And I can tell you this, um, through all that I've seen and experienced that I've thought about, that I've heard about. What I know, this, uh, what I know uh, is true is that people get to the other side. And I can assure you of this, you will too. I lead thousands of counseling sessions and phone conversations and conference calls with moms and dads all over the country, and they're just flat worn out. They're tired of... Uh, being called every name in the book, of being challenged on every level and belief they ever held and absolutely depleted because of all the hardships caused by their teen. All of them believe they're not going to survive what is in front of them. But let me tell you something, they do. And I've given just about every one of my weekends in my adult life to families across the country, speaking at seminars to parents caught in family crisis and uh, parents feeling as their worlds are falling apart, and many have lost hope and don't think they're going to make it. But they did. And I talked to people in radio interviews and airports and churches 
when I'm out to eat and wherever I speak. And, and so many are desperate looking for answers to all the questions their teen's behavior uh, poses. And many think they will never get past this traumatic experience of their teen spinning out of control. But they do, and they will, and so will you. I know this. You know, my college degree is in finance with an emphasis on investments. And I know this, that there's no greater investment that you can make than investing in the life of your child. Even when the market is down and you're not seeing the return you hope for, don't bail it. Don't bail. Stick it out. Your child is a unique masterpiece covered with the fingerprints of our Heavenly Father who knew where to place his treasure. And of all the people he created in the world, he entrusted this particular child to you. And you have one-of-a-kind gifts and talents to share with this young individual in your life. And the time that you give and the effort you invest will one day pay off, and the payoff will be great, even though you don't see any of it now. So by investing in your teen, you also sow into your teen's future marriage, your future daughter or son-in-law, your future grandchildren, and into the life that God gave you. So don't give up, but keep your interest high and make your investment one of longevity. You know, I, I remember the Galatians um, 6, 9, and it says this, um, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. And so that would be my encouragement for you today. You can get to the other side. You can make it. Uh, I, I heard a story years ago about Abraham Lincoln that was leaving a church service on a Sunday afternoon, it was raining horrendously and uh, had evidently been raining for quite some time. And as he and a colleague were surveying the downpour, the colleague asked him, Hey, uh, Abe, <laughs> you think you'll ever quit? President Lincoln's two-word answer helps me through tough times, whether they're mine or those around me. And he profoundly answered, It always does. And somehow, just knowing whatever pain I feel will pass helps me endure the pain that I experience. Um, tell me it'll be over. Tell me the dentist drilling on my tooth will soon be finished. Assure me that the grief I feel will leave. And just promise me that this momentary affliction will be over one day. Swear to me the hurt and pain I feel will quit. It always does. You know, when I meet with families in, in dire need of help with their teens, I lay an important foundational perspective. I am more concerned about where the teens will be in five years from now than I am about helping anybody get through this current conflict. And the inappropriate behavior of their children may have finally forced these parents to sit across me and try to figure out a solution, but that's not the focus of their conversation. Sure, the inappropriate behavior must stop, but the real question is, what must you do today to ensure your child has a great relationship with you five years from now? And in most cases, families manage to get through the difficult days and the troubled teen and parents end up having a great relationship in the future. But parents ask me all the time, they say, well, if my child is going to get through the issues anyway and we're all going to be fine, then why even work on dealing with the issues? And that's a great question uh, that deserves an answer. Here's an analogy. 
a man is rushed to the hospital after suffering the stroke. He gets to the emergency room. The doctor looks at him and says, you know, I think there's hope for a good outcome with your condition if you use the medication we have available. And his family is incredibly encouraged and full of hope, but no one does anything. They don't feel the prescription. The man does not use the medication. The man's condition deteriorates and the family begins to lose hope. Hope depends on our actions. If we don't do anything, there is little hope of changing the outcome. So timing is key. You must act quickly. You must be willing to work on the issues in front of you if you are to create a hopeful situation. Because if you do nothing, you will incur the consequences and damage from the lack of your action. And in other words, you can't just sit back and do nothing. You've got, you got to engage and be a part of the restoration process. Then you have the hope of restored relationships and mended connections. The way you manage this process is more important than just getting through this time. How you relate and interact with your child during crisis determines the quality of the relationship that you'll have with them in the future. And how you stand with them during this difficult period determines the amount of time your children spend in darkness and the amount of damage they suffer and inflict on others as they struggle through their issues. What I want you to understand is this. There is not much hope for parents who willingly sit back and do nothing when their children are struggling and in the process of destroying their lives. Those parents who become actively involved with their, with their children during a struggle usually move on and have great relationships with their kids. But the question that, that, that parents ask is, well, what if my child never changes? And that's a harder question to answer. Once in a while, even with, uh, with all the efforts and intervention, a teen does not change. The way a child is now is the way he'll be 20 years from now. And as much as I'd like to tell you that every teen and family I meet is, is doing well today, a few will still struggle. And thankfully, the number in that category is a little small. But where is hope in this situation? And there are some things that you can never change as painful as it may be to hear, believing has nothing to do with it. You can hope all you want and believe all you want, but it's not going to change anything. Hope comes as you change your dreams, your hopes, and your expectations of your child. Many times parents feel a, a sense of great relief when they finally embrace who their children really are. They let go. They release the frustration and aggravation they feel watching their children openly defy their expectations. They also carry with them the assurance they did everything they could. They don't have to suffer the pain and regret of shame knowing they gave up on their child too soon. So if your child gets stuck in a destructive or indestructive behaviors that, that follow her into adulthood, I pray that God will give you a new vision for your child and that... Uh, you will learn to love in ways you never have before. Aim to give your lost children, whatever their age, a taste of God's loving and gracious character and a touch of his love and release them and trust them that God will welcome them into his arms and touch their hearts in a, in a way that only he can. Folks, let me tell you, you know, the parents that I meet with are always struggling a bit. They're having a tough time of, of making sense of everything that's happening within their family. And I can tell you there's no greater pain than family pain. Um, I know that from personal experience. But I can tell you this, there's hope. 
God has not abandoned you. He's not forsaken you. He is there with you. Uh, and I believe this. I believe that that every—I don't understand it, but I believe it, that everything that's come to you has first passed through the hands of God. And if that's true, then everything that does come to you comes to you to transform you more into His image. So let me tell you this from Galatians. Don't grow weary in doing good, for in due time you'll reap if you surely sow. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.